The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by Dr. W. Robert Godfrey. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Our scripture reading this morning is Psalm 47, so if you'd like to follow along, um, Psalm 47, this is God's own word. To the choir master, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Clap your hands, all peoples, shout to God with loud songs of joy, for the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared a great king over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. The Lord has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our king, sing praises, for God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. So far the reading of God's word. Well, when I was invited to uh, speak in chapel, I'm an outsider, you know. I only get to come here by uh, special invitation. Um... Uh, When I was invited to speak in chapel, I was informed that the faculty on Thursdays were uh, doing a series on the patriarchs, which sounded like a very good idea. And uh, so I thought to myself, well, I'll speak on a psalm where a patriarch is mentioned. seemed like a very good kind of combination of my interests with those of the uh, faculty topic. And uh, then I looked in my concordance. You will all be appalled to know that I still use a big, fat, old book as a concordance. I have no idea how to look these things up online. Um, And uh, Abraham is mentioned in only two psalms. And that came as uh, something of a surprise to me. Uh, I thought uh, Father Abraham would uh, be a more prominent figure in the Psalter, but he's not. Uh, mentioned only in Psalm 105 and here in Psalm 47. And so, um, having already done a series on Psalm 105, I was sort of left with Psalm 47. And when I first looked at Psalm 47, my, my initial reaction, and sometimes we have this reaction to Psalms, is to look at them and just say, well, that's very nice. Uh, it's very sort of simple. It's very sort of straightforward. And of course, we're too pious to say, maybe it's just a tiny bit boring, as a tiny bit predictable. Uh, It's all about praising God, uh, who is king. Well, we knew that, didn't we? Um, uh, It's it's a psalm that, that invites us to stop and to think and to ask, well, in a little more detail, what's going on? 
What is, what is the purpose of the psalmist here? Uh, in this really very remarkable declaration of the extent of God's kingship. Again, we are so accustomed to thinking of God as the true God, the living God, the supreme God, the only God, uh, that we might not initially reflect on what a remarkable claim it is amongst a little people in a little country of relatively little worldwide significance to claim 2,500 years or so ago that their God is the great God, that their God is the God of all the peoples of the earth, that their God rules over the whole earth, that all things are in his hand. And to claim that, not just as a broad theological judgment, but to ground that claim in history and in two particular parts of history. First of all, that he has subdued the peoples under his people. And second of all, that he has incorporated the peoples of the world into his covenant people. Those are really remarkable claims when you think about it. And it leads us to ask the question, when did that happen in Israel's history? Well, the great German Old Testament scholar Franz Dalich suggested that this happened in the victory of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, after the death of Ahab and the conquest of the nations that attacked Judah after that death. And when you go back to... uh, uh, the Chronicler, and you read Second Chronicles 17 through 20, you find all sorts of literary correspondences between the events of the life of Jehoshaphat and what we find here in Psalm 47. So uh, this uh, German may be onto something. But isn't it a lot to claim that the victory of Jehoshaphat, who's largely remembered only because his name is funny, um, over nations that have long been forgotten as nations, should justify this kind of a psalm, the claims of this psalm, uh, the remarkable statements of this psalm. This psalm clearly is a celebration of a real event in history, but at the same time, it transcends that history uh, to look forward uh, to a more complete, a more full, uh, a more glorious fulfillment uh, in days to come. Uh, God has, over and over and over again in history, given his people victory over their enemies. Uh, And the enemies of God's people throughout history have been numerous and have come in many, many different forms. And uh, we continue to see that, don't we? Uh, We can continue to see the sort of uh, tragedies that are visited upon the people of God by their enemies. Uh, We heard about that, didn't we, on, on Easter Sunday when 
uh, bombs went off in churches in Sri Lanka. And uh, some 350 people were killed, simply, most of them, for being in a church. Um, This past week has seen several anniversaries. Um, April 20th was the 130th anniversary of the birth of Adolf Hitler. Thankfully, not much celebrated. But a reminder of the horrors of the 20th century uh, visited on many peoples, but included in that on pious Christians. It's also the 20th anniversary of the Columbine shooting. And there was a very interesting article in the LA Times on the effect on ministers in Colorado who had to conduct funeral services for these high school students who were killed. how they were forced to think about what is truth, what is meaning, how do you bring comfort, and how a number of these ministers uh, left the ministry after this experience, really unable to cope with that trauma. And um, one can be sympathetic about that in a profound way. But it led me to think about this psalm and the, the message of this psalm that while the enemies of God's people are great, and while the horrors in human history can be nearly overwhelming, we are encouraged by the Word of God to remember that God is the great King, that God is in charge, that God is in the process of subduing the peoples under His people and that God will have the victory. Now, that's not always easy to believe, is it? It can't have been easy for ancient Israelites to believe. Uh, It's not that easy for us to believe. It can't have been very easy for early Christians to believe that, when Christians were such a tiny minority with a, a sense of a a new religion, not actually a new religion, of course, a, a fulfillment of the promises to Israel, but still a small group in the first century. Uh, reading the book of the Revelation and seeing in Revelation 19 the revelation of Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords riding forth to conquer. Very much in the spirit, one might say, of, of Psalm 47. Uh, can it be that that is true? Can it be when Jesus' beloved disciple is a prisoner on Patmos that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords riding forth to conquer? And yet the scripture in a variety of ways throughout tells us, yes, indeed, God is King. God is Lord. God is accomplishing his purpose. And in the face of tragedy, that must be our comfort. That must be a foundational point of our faith and of our life and of our words to others. We have to be careful with those words. We have to be sensitive to those words. But we must never let the suffering of this world separate us from the promise of the sovereignty of our God. Uh, Because if we lose that promise, then we lose all comfort indeed. And so Psalm 47 uh, is a, a marvelous psalm of celebration 
before the Lord as the Lord who will bring victory to his people. And uh, the opening verses here um, make a point that's also made in Psalm 2, an interesting point that we're to shout loud songs of joy to God. You sang this psalm fairly well, but I wouldn't have described it exactly as loud songs of joy. We could maybe try it again and see if we could do a little better. But um, it's interesting here at the beginning of Psalm 47 that we're told, first of all, that we're to sing loud songs of joy. And then verse 2, for the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared. Uh, This is an interesting combination often missing in a lot of our churches today, I think. The combination of joy and fear. Uh, That fear of the Lord, reverence of the Lord, uh, acknowledgement of the greatness and the glory of the Lord should lead us to joyful response. Um, Psalm uh, 2 makes that same point. Rejoice with trembling. Uh, Not rejoice spontaneously or rejoice uh, without discipline, but rejoice always knowing that your joy is expressed before the great, glorious, exalted God who is always to be reverenced in our hearts and in our praise. This God is the conquering God. But this God is also, this psalm says, and this brings us at last to Abraham, Uh, This God is also the covenant-keeping God. This God is the covenant-keeping God, and part of his covenant, his original covenant with Abraham, was in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. It wasn't just a promise to Abraham and a promise to his seed. It was a promise to the world that was given to Abraham. In you, all the nations, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And that promise is not forgotten in the Psalter. We find it in uh, several places. We find it very powerfully in Psalm 87, for example. But here we find it also very powerfully expressed. Uh, Verse 8, God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. There's the promise. There's the promise that the peoples will be incorporated into the people. Uh, It's not that God will set aside his people to be interested in Gentiles, but it's that his saving purpose amongst the Gentiles promised already to Abraham will lead to the incorporation of the Gentiles into his people. The breaking down of the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile, Ephesians 2 tells us very clearly, you notice I never look at Professor Ball when I mention Ephesians. Um, Ephesians 2 tells us very clearly uh, that the breaking down of the dividing wall is for the purpose of including the Gentiles in the promises made to Israel. Uh, But this is not a new thing. This was anticipated already in the Old Covenant and is celebrated here in Psalm 47. 
the princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. That has to be primarily prophetic in character. Looking forward to that great day uh, when indeed the enemies of God's people will be subdued, but with the purpose that many of those very enemies will be converted and brought in to the family of God. Uh, This is what our calling is today, to be part of that great purpose of God, of incorporating the peoples into the people, and so fulfilling the promise to Abraham. Uh, And as you complete a semester of work, uh, whether you're well-prepared or hopeless, uh, let this psalm encourage you. Uh, Let this psalm direct you. Uh, Let this psalm uh, fill you with hope that uh, however great the enemies seem, however difficult the struggle may be, uh, God is the great king over all things. He's sovereign. You've probably heard that before. God is sovereign. He is in charge. He's accomplishing his purpose, and it's a saving purpose. It's a glorious purpose, and that's why we praise him. So may you go forth with that encouragement. Let's pray together. O Lord our God, we are thankful for your word and for the encouragement that it brings us. We are thankful for the depths we find in what appear to be simple texts. Uh, We are encouraged by the way in which your word shows us that you know the end from the beginning that uh, you have been accomplishing your purposes through every age of your people. And we pray now that you would uh, encourage us and strengthen us uh, that we are indeed called to be about your work, confident that you are the great king, confident that you do all things well, confident that you will accomplish your purpose and every one of your own will be gathered to the glory of your name. Hear us, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright Westminster Seminary, California, 2019. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.